Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. The guest speaker today is actually a friend of mine that I've known for, gosh, I don't even know, I've lost count. Uh, from when I moved to Florida, I moved to Florida when I was... 16 years old, and uh, just celebrated my 32nd birthday recently, so I've known him for half of my life, and uh, he's been a friend for that long, and so I'm just grateful to have him in my life. Um, something you don't know about Charlie, and I know he'll, he'll share a little bit. His name's Charlie. Um, <laughs> you might have not known that about Charlie. Uh, something else you don't know about him is uh, he leads our missions team along with his wife, Diane, and... Um, you know, we've done ministry together. We went to Bible college together, and uh, I was the best man at his wedding, and uh, we've just been close for a really long time. And uh, today's a very special day for Charlie, for his family, for, for me, uh, more so for him. Um, how, how many years ago was it now? Five years ago. I'm not going to steal all his thunder or share his, steal his story, but five years ago, um, Charlie experienced a really terrible uh, tragedy in his life. Um, just kind of the summary version. He lost his father um, five years ago on this day. Uh, And so today is the anniversary of his father's death. And uh, I have it on my calendar. And so when I knew that it was going to be this day, I thought, man, you got to preach tonight. Because I think that grief is a part of life. Um, I think whoever you are, no matter how old you are, at some point, if you haven't already, you're going to experience some form of grief. And grief can really rock your faith. And uh, I wanted you to hear from somebody who's experienced it, who's gone through some things, and just to share his story and, and encourage you. Um, but I really want to encourage you because the, I remember, so the last time I heard him preach was at the funeral, actually. Um, but I remember before that, we were at Chipotle. I don't know if you remember. And, uh, you know, you got to have somebody in your life that you can say the things that you're afraid to say to other people. You know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, around other people, we got to pretend to be someone. we got to pretend to be, have it all together and stuff. And so I remember at the Chipotle, he looked at me, and he's like, he just, with, with, with big eyes, he just told me, he goes, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And I was like, do what? And he was like, just Christian thing. And I was like, oh, you mean ministry? You mean you don't want to do ministry anymore? He's like, no, the Christian thing. He goes, I don't think I can do the God thing anymore. I don't think I can do the Jesus thing anymore. And, uh, and, and I had, and you know, I was trying to find words to say, and I had no words to say. I just prayed with him. And, uh, and from that moment, five years ago, today he's preaching the gospel to you from, from I don't know if I'll ever believe in God again to now standing in front of a group of people ready to encourage them. And so, uh, uh, he, he, so why don't you help me encourage him today? You shout him down like you shout me down. And encourage him this morning because he's going to bring a word. Amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, when JJ asked me to preach, I, was, I told him, I'm like, sure, we could do it. And then my thought was, hey, you could preach, and I'll just stand in the back and say bye to everybody whenever they go home. But that, that's not what he had in mind. And I knew that uh, because last week he was like, hey, how's that message going along? And I was like, oh, man, I really do have to go with a message. But uh, as JJ said, you know, Five years ago, my dad passed, and uh, this message is 
part of that. So it's been five years since I've been preparing this message, and I hope it blesses you. Um, we'll get right into it. Job 121 is the verse that I use at my father's funeral. It's kind of weird. It starts weird at first, and it says, Naked I came into my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. And this is the part where I want to touch, uh, touch on. It's the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace, your compassion, and your mercy. Thank you for your grace that empowers us to do bigger and greater things. Father, I pray that you will be with me today as I speak to your people, that you may speak to me and through me. And Father, I thank you so much because you are awesome. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So can you put that verse back up again, please? Isn't it easy to praise God when he gives? Like, when he gives you a new car, you're like, God, man, thank you for the new car. But then that payment comes, and you're like, ah, I made a mistake. But <laughs> buyer's remorse. Um, and you're like, God, thank you for my boo thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, or when you get married to that said boo thing, you know what I mean? You thank God for those things. Or, or thank you for a house. Thank you for a job. And it's easy to praise God during those times. It's, 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 it's like automatic. You're like, oh, I got something? Thank you. you know? But what happens when you lose something? Isn't it hard to praise God? Like, and that's where I found myself five years ago when my father passed. I remember where I was. I was uh, at a bodega doing uh, my dad's business. And uh, my sister called me. She said, it happened. It was 5 o'clock, I mean, I'm sorry, 8 o'clock on, on a.m. on a Monday. I mean, I'm sorry, Friday. I don't know why I'm saying Monday. But on a Friday, and uh, I didn't even charge the person. I just left. I left. I was like, hey, I got to go. And they're like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, it happened. They were like, just go. So um, I remember uh, it was tough, man, but to really grasp the story. We have to go back to September 3rd of 2013. I was in a classroom. Um, first time I've ever been excited about college. I was going there for ministerial leadership. I was in a composition class. And uh, I remember the week before uh, in an assignment, I remember one question. And the question was, what are you afraid of? And in I put, I'm not really afraid of anything, but, you know, it says two wor you know, 200 words or more, you know? So you're like, oh, man, I got to fill this in. I hit space, 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 but it doesn't work, you know what I mean? But, so then I put, but if I was afraid of something, it would be to lose a loved one, not knowing that a week later in the same class, I didn't know what was going on because I lost my phone so nobody could contact me. So my then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, somehow got through to me, and uh, she said, something happened to your dad, gave me a phone. I called my mom. She said that my dad had a massive stroke when he was driving, had a, a, a pretty big accident. The truck was totaled. And uh, I remember she took me to exit 55, where I would meet my sister. We got out of the car, and... Um, my, my wife hugged my sister. She began to cry. So we got in the car, headed off to Tampa. And uh, I remember, man, the silence was so loud. The pain was palpable. And the, 
thing is, we both knew what we were feeling. It was the, the, the shortest long ride we've ever taken. Finally, when we get to the hospital, we go up to the third floor where my father was. My sister couldn't go into the room, so I go in, say hi to my mom, eyes glazed over because, you know, she was crying. And uh, I went over to my dad's bed, and I grabbed his hand, the hand that was like twice as big as mine, a heavy hand that, that provided for us. A heavy hand that slapped me five times. I remember him. One, two, three, four, five. I could tell you where I was. A heavy hand that worked, that was calloused because of all the work that he had done. Now it was lifeless. I grabbed it, and it was still warm. And I leaned over, and I said, Papi, in Spanish, I'm here. And the second to last time that my dad ever opened up his eyes to my voice, was in that moment. And he looked at me, and I seen that look before. I seen that look when, when he would wake up on Saturday to say, Charlie, let's cut the grass. Or when he would want me to help him change the brakes on a car. Or, or when he wanted to replace a wooden floor in one of the properties that he had. I had seen that look when he would wake me up because he wanted me to go work with him in his business. But that look was much more. His facial expression changed. It's like he knew I was there. And it's like he was at ease because his son was there. Now everything's going to be all right. And if I could give a title to this message, it would be Jesus and Ice Cream. The reason for that is because, uh, that's nice. Thank you, Robbie. Um, <laughs> it's the first time I see it. Uh, <laughs> the reason for that is because uh, my dad had an ice cream business where he would take ice cream to gas stations, uh, convenience stores, supermarkets. So. I only knew like three of his clients, so I had a little minivan and I got two big old coolers where I would put dry ice in. I knew where he would buy the ice cream, so I went and bought ice cream. And within a 20 mile radius in Brandon, uh, which was like Clearwater, St. Petersburg, Penn, uh, Plant City, Lakeland, I would go to every single gas station, convenience store, supermarket, looking for my dad's clients. It was tough, man. I would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, come back home at 9, and I found about 75% of them. And uh, it got to the point that I started growing the business, so I got, I got myself a truck. And it was in this truck that I believe that God started working in my life. I remember a, a, a client called me, and uh, they're like, hey, why haven't you uh, come and brought me ice cream? And I was like, hey, uh, bad news, my dad died. So he, uh, they were like, oh, wow, I didn't know. So I go to this convenience store in the middle of nowhere in Plant City, and I realize that I'm lost. And I don't know if it was the realization that I was physically lost that led me to the fact that I was just lost. And I remember I broke down. I was just like, 
weeping. I had to pull over. And in this tirade laced with colorful words and curses to God, I began to tell God what he wasn't. I began to ask God, why would you take my dad if, if, if I was working for you? You see, I was, I, was, I was just promoted to be a high school youth pastor. I was going to school for, for, for Bible ministry. I was doing what God wanted me to do. And I asked him, why would you take it away? Why would you take away my dad? Why would you take away my mom's security? Why? Why would you take that? And I started telling him what he wasn't. And I said, you're nothing. Why would I believe in you? Why is it that this has to happen to us? Of course, it was laced with curse words. And I told him, you weren't. You are not real. You didn't die. On no, on no cross. You didn't heal anybody. And the one thing, the last thing that I said and completely broke down, I was like, just leave me alone. And I remember it was like the atmosphere changed in that truck. And I don't know if it was because it was 100 degrees outside or it was just because of the, 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 the actual atmosphere change, but I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I'm not going to leave you alone. And then, and then I just felt something saying, you know what? You can curse me. You can put me back on the cross you can, with, with your words. You can say I'm not real. You can say that I'm, that, that I'm nothing. But this is the reason why I died for you. This is the reason why I gave you this. This is the reason why I gave you eternal life. It doesn't matter that you don't believe in me right now. It doesn't matter that you don't want me right now, but I am not going to leave you alone. I did not die on that cross for me to leave you alone. And that began like a spiral for me, I guess, of, of wanting to believe in God, but not really like trusting God. You know, I would go to church and not really be in church, you know. Um, and I think this year is when it really started to hit home. And I, I actually started letting God in. I mean, you know, when you lose something that you love, when you lose something that was so real, so suddenly, you become numb. And on the verge of being an atheist, because, you know, I just didn't want anything to do with church. I didn't want anything to do with, with going to church. And then, you know, you get this little crazy skinny guy saying, hey, Charlie, you want to be a part of my church? Yeah, sure, JJ, what do you want me to do? Yeah, run finances. I'm like, uh, whatever, let's do it. So, you know, in that, that's when God started working in me. But even though I was in church, I still didn't believe that God could do the things that he said that I was reading. I didn't believe that God could heal. I didn't believe that God could do things uh, miraculously. I would look in Facebook and people would say, hey, pray for this person. He needs to be healed. And I would say, man, why are you praying for that? And then that little crazy 
crazy skinny guy asked me, hey, you and your wife want to be missions leaders? Sure, JJ, why not? Let's do it. So we did it. And, uh, and I believe that's what began my hunger for God again. And I started to see things that I once saw, and I started to believe in the God that I once believed in. And I started to see that God was real. And I started to see that God does heal. You see, for me, losing my dad was like somebody cutting my leg off. I'm crippled now, but I'm healing. You know, I used to look at myself and say, man, I'm a person that lost. I'm a person that doesn't have his dad anymore. I'm a person that is just not going to walk the same anymore. But all the while, Jesus was telling me, instead of you looking at yourself like this, like someone who's lost, like a loser, why don't you look at yourself as someone that's been healed, as someone that's been found, you know? Because I was lost, but Jesus found me, you know? And, 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 and I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can look at myself now and say, I'm healed. My walk may be a little bit different. I may walk with a limp. But Psalms 30:11 says, you have turned my morning into dancing. I may be a little offbeat when I dance. And I may not dance as good as some other people, but I'm still dancing. And I'm still doing what God is asking me to do. I may not believe it at first, but I know that God is pushing me. And I know that God has healed me. But what happens when the healing is just started, but you need more. Because you see, before my, my dad had the stroke, three weeks before, Jason, y'all can come up now. It's not going to be long. <clears throat> three weeks before, my dad and I had an argument. And it was about the ice cream business. And I said, Dad, I just don't want to be in the business. I mean, that's not how I said it, but, you know, I said, I just don't want to be in the business. Just, just, just stop asking me, because he would always ask me, can you just be in the business? Be in the business with me. Run in the business. Just come with me. Just sit on the truck. I'll pay you this much. I'm like, Dad, no, I don't want to be in this business. Just understand that. And he hung up on me, but before he hung up, he said, when I'm gone, you're going to remember this conversation. And you know, every time I look in the mirror, I remember that conversation because my dad and I were a splitting image of each other. So at times I can't forgive myself because, you know what, I thought that I was the one who let my dad die. Because if I would have helped him, maybe he wouldn't be so, 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 so pressured to perform or to do work. And he would still be with us. And even though it's, it's still a process, because I felt that my dad was never proud of me. And it's a continual process because I had to ask God first for forgiveness. And then I said, God, how do I forgive myself? And I know without a shadow of a doubt that my dad is proud of me. And I know 
that God has forgiven me. And I'm still working on forgiving myself. But I'm in the process. I have the crutches. I'm walking. I'm, being, I'm healed. I'm moving. And he's with me. My morning is turning to dancing. And even though I cry every 4th of October, it's because I miss him. I have a voicemail that he left my sister. And I listen to it just so I, can, I won't forget his voice. And I'm reminded of the words in Matthew eleven twenty eight that says, Come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I ask you, what have you lost? You know, I said that the title was Jesus and Ice Cream, and during the time that I had this ice cream business, it was Jesus or ice cream. And as you can tell, I leaned more on the ice cream than on Jesus. Still do. But Jesus is involved. You know? It's a good combination. You know what I'm saying? Good flavor, too. Um, it's, um, I remember, I mean, the ice cream for me in this story represents the things that the world will give you, the things that the world offers you. You see, when I was sad back then, I would either go buy something or eat ice cream. When I was lonely, I would hang out with friends or my girlfriend, never really involving Jesus in my grief, never really involving Jesus in my pain. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added on to you. So my Jesus or ice cream turned into Jesus and ice cream. And now, even though it's a process, I can walk with him and talk with him and believe in him and trust in him and work for him. It's the one thing I didn't want to do. So what about you? What have you lost? Maybe it's not something as big as, you know, losing a loved one. Or maybe it is. Have you, you know, you can't expect to be healed if you don't let God in. And that's my one point. My healing didn't begin until I opened the door to God and said, God, just do whatever you want to do. Maybe you lost that relationship that you believed in so much. You thought y'all were going to get married or y'all did get married and it just ended. Maybe you lost a job or a car, what have you. Would you let Jesus in? Would you involve Jesus in your hurt, your struggle, your pain? I guarantee you, it's going to be a lot better. 
Thank you so much for allowing me to preach today. It's not really a preaching per se, and um, I just hope you learn a little bit of my story. I don't have all the answers. And as JJ does this altar call, I would love to pray with you. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.